reading I'd like to share with you this morning is from the book of Exodus again, reading from Exodus chapter 7, verses 1 through 13. This is the word of the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go out of his land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and I will multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. When Pharaoh does not listen to you, I will lay my hand upon Egypt and bring my people, the Israelites, company by company, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring the Israelites out from among them. Moses and Aaron did so. They did just as the Lord commanded them. Moses was 80 years old, and Aaron was 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When Pharaoh says to you, Perform a wonder, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh, and it will become a snake. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did as the Lord commanded. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers, and they also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same by their secret arts. Each one threw down his staff, and they became snakes. But Aaron's staff swallowed up theirs. Still, Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I don't know if it's maybe I'm missing my sister and excited to see her next Saturday or what, but I, I have another story for you from our growing up together. This was later in our, uh, as we entered into adulthood, she and I used to talk about music and things that we liked like that, and I was always so excited to share with her whatever new album that I had purchased or discovered, and I would say, you got to hear this CD, it's the best, it's so good. And she'd say, okay, yeah, you know, and she would just kind of dismiss it and not very, get very excited. And I would be disappointed, you know, because I was like so excited to share it with her. And then lo and behold, like a year later, I'm not even kidding, like a year later, she would come with the same album or song and say, you got to hear this, bro, you got to hear this. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, <laughs> I, I tried to tell you. Maybe I'm more of an early adopter than I realized at the time. But it just makes me laugh still to this day, and it helped me to understand uh, just how, you know, we can try to present information to people or things we like or even our values, but, you know, we discover those things on our own. And we change in the degree that we're ready to or, or want to change. And can you think of something that's maybe more lighthearted in your mind than in your life, something similar? Uh, to some time when somebody tried to change your mind to get them to see things your way or to be excited about something that they're excited about. I wanted to use a more lighthearted example because right now it's far too easy than any of us would like to think of the hard examples. Uh, see, we have um, different terms for talking about and even being open to change, something that I've learned a lot about this semester in class. I'm actually taking a course, only three weeks left, praise the Lord, called Leading Change. And trust me, it is far more complex than we could ever imagine. (laughs) 
but it comes irreducibly down to the same thing within each of us. We have different terms for talking about it. Uh, first of all, like I said, it's a totally human thing. We all struggle with change, even the people who might think they're more open to it. And to describe this behavior, the, to describe the hardness that it is to change, we might use words like, I'm not saying anybody is like this, but we might use words like stubborn or bullheaded, closed-minded, stuck in their ways. You know, and there's all kinds of other different words, so you, you get where I'm going with that. But in the Bible, the root of what we're talking about, the irreducible element of all this difficulty to change is described as having a hard heart, a hardened heart. It shows up in the Bible in a lot of different ways, but it's viewed in general as the seat of our emotions, the will, what controls our will, what controls our desires, our intelligence, our morality. In short, the heart is described as the why, the purpose of basically everything that we do. The heart represents the total response of a person's life around them and to the religious and moral demands of God. Hardness of heart then describes a negative condition in which the person ignores, spurns, or rejects the gracious offer of God to be a part of his or her life. So early on in the Bible, in the Pentateuch, which is the first five uh, books of the Bible, hardness of heart always denotes a negative character trait in humans. It's always negative. It refers to stubbornness that refuse to listen to God or obey him. And later in Deuteronomy, after Exodus, hardness of heart also includes a lack of compassion and charity towards other humans. And when the person is not living according to God's will, it is the heart that is described as being darkened, rebellious, callous, unfeeling, or idolatrous. Now, if this is making you squirm at all, just let me remind you that this is something that we all struggle with. This is a condition of our human heart. Shows up first in this kind of language in Genesis chapter 6. It says, the Lord, saw that, the Lord saw that the wickedness of humankind was great in the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. And so we get to the case of, the, of Pharaoh, and it's a real sticking point for some in, in the discussion around predestination and things like that. I'll never forget being in my, one of my first seminary classes almost six years ago, and one of my classmates said, I just feel sorry for that poor guy Pharaoh. I mean, he never had a chance, because God even says, I will harden your heart. It's like, okay, so... Did God make him rebellious and then didn't even give him a chance to respond? And some people then look at that in the Bible, and this is true, I'm not making this up, and they say, well, that's a mean God. That's a punishing God who would use someone and not even give them a chance to accomplish his will. That's just unfair. We see actually in the book of Exodus, this word for hardened shows up 15 times in 10 verses, 15 times. I'm not kidding you. But what's important to notice is the, the different ways it's used. So one example is God says, but I will, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And then later it says, still Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And then again later, the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. 
but there's just slight nuances, and this is where it's important to be trained, like I'm getting now, it's painful, but important, to be trained in the original language of Hebrew to see the different kinds of tenses that are used that we don't really talk about in the English language. So one of these words for harden represents the current action of the person. Like Pharaoh is the one hardening his own heart. The next one is a resulting state, like this is just something that happened, like I came up and slapped Larry Brandenburg in the face and he, his face was hurt. That's the, a different kind of form of that verb. I wouldn't do that to you, Larry, never. I hope you know that. I hope you all know that. <laughs> That's the danger of thinking of things on the fly. Right? <laughs> Shouldn't do that. Uh, and then the last form that we see is an action towards someone. And that we could use that same example to describe what I was doing to Larry. Uh, but there's all these slight nuances, and after careful study of all these, we see that God's action in Exodus hardened Pharaoh's heart. That is true. God did things to, to Pharaoh that helped accomplish God's ultimate purpose of redeeming and saving his people from the brutal dictatorship or slavery situation that uh, the Israelites were in. But this was only a continuation of a pre-existing condition of a hardened heart from Pharaoh being an oppressive ruler. Before God intervened in Egypt at all, Pharaoh's heart had become hard because he was not a very nice person. (laughs) He was an oppressive ruler of many slaves and was very cruel to them. And that shaped uh, Pharaoh into the kind of person who would not be receptive of God's grace and God's will in his life. See, God knew that Pharaoh wouldn't release the Israelites, but Pharaoh was not predestined for the peril that his hard heart led him to. Pharaoh was technically free to respond to God's invitations, but his previous and continually hardened heart wouldn't allow him to choose freedom and life. The same is true for us if we think back to all the different ways of how it's hard for us to change? Is it that God is saying, I'm not going to let you change? Or is it that we just struggle to step into what God has for us? You see, it's important to think through these kinds of things because when bad things happen to us, or when we're unable to change and have to deal with whatever consequences, positive or negative, might come, we need to understand, is it because of us? Or is it because of God? And oftentimes there's no easy answer, but the same is true for us that the Lord works with the soil with which we have and continue to cultivate in our hearts. Our choices in life can cause us to have a hardened heart and develop a particular kind of character and integrity. And the more that we form, the more that our character is formed without God's grace and without being in accordance with God's will, the harder our hearts will become. And God continually gives us invitations to respond to what He is doing in and around us. These invitations to be renewed and redeemed by His grace continually, regularly, never with judgment, never with condemnation, but it's always up to us to step into the grace and respond to Jesus' words that we started this service with. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens. With where, are they, where are our burdens? In our heart. And I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the invitation that Jesus continually gives to us. That every day when we wake up, or several moments throughout the day, we're invited to step into the grace of Jesus, to learn from Him, to become like Him in life, so that others can see that God is real because of how we're responding. But no one can force us to respond to this invitation. Nobody. No one can change the hardness of our own heart in whatever degree or whatever area of our life our hearts are hardened. Nobody can get you to change in that way. Same is true for me. Nobody can get me to change. Trust me. I know. I try to change myself like Paul said, and it just doesn't work. Continually having to say, Lord, I surrender to you. Do your work in my heart. So it's important to know what causes a hardened heart for us in our daily lives. First of all, uh, we can develop a hardened heart without any involvement of our own. Stress and anxiety, depression, which a lot of people are experiencing right now, that can harden our hearts because we're not really uh, opening ourselves as much as we could to the grace of God. And that, friends, is when it's important to have a Christian community because sometimes you need others to open your heart for God's grace if you can't do it yourself. Other ways that we uh, develop a hardness of heart is uh, thinking that we know it all, like the Pharisees, and Jesus had strong words for them. Self-defense, which are typically from hurts from the past. Rebellion towards God and and what His Word really says in in the posture of, I do what I want. It's very prevalent today. And just the unintentional, like I said about stress and anxiety, unintentional hardening of heart, of just pain and loss, suffering, which we all experience, that hardens our heart. And the irreducible element is again that we are captive to sin. We're captive to sin. That's why we we celebrate the significance of what Jesus has done to free us from our sin. But this is where the grace of God is so important to understand. This is God's desire for us, even in the Old Testament. O Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? Only to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. But the tragic irony is that we are captive. We cannot set ourselves free from it. We need God to set us free. Which He promises to do again even in the Old Testament in the book of Ezekiel. God says, I will give them one heart and put a new spirit within them. I will remove their heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. One that is receptive to the grace of God. This has been the hardest lesson that I've had to learn as a person in my personal life and also as a pastor. Because every pastor, every leader, every person wants to see what they think is right happen. And when you're in a leadership position, you really start to want that. Because you say, if only, if only we could all walk in this way, and including myself. And because of what we're talking about today, we realize it just doesn't work that way. 
And so my old, one of my oldest friends and my, my mentor tells me regularly, he, he says in his life, he's not afraid of death. When he retired, he, um, he said, I became more busy because I started to step into God's purposes for my life. And I, I filled my schedule with things that God would ask me to do. That's the kind of person he is. And he says, he's 80 now, and he says, I'm in heaven's waiting room. And he's grateful for that. He's like, can't, he's, he's looking forward to what is to come. And so that's the kind of wisdom that he shares with me, and I, I'm grateful. And he says, you know, the hard part, Chad, is that you cannot change a person's heart. Cannot change a person's heart. No amazing sermon. No great music if we had just the best music ever. No thing about the sanctuary can change your heart. Only God can do that. He tells me, and then the next time I call him and we're talking and I'm having a hard time, he tells me again, and I say, oh yeah. <laughs> but it's so hard, isn't it? It's so hard when you can see what would be helpful for somebody, which we can all see better in each other than we can see in ourselves. And we can't even change our own heart, so why would we think that we could change someone else's? Our responsibility, friends, is to have a posture like David. In Psalm 51, after David sins greatly, just an incredible sin. And David realizes the weight of his sin and he says, God, create in me a new heart. And put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. That's our responsibility. And, and to listen to the invitation that Jesus gives us, saying, come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And in responding to that invitation, we become like him in character and posture and behavior towards others, while all the while finding the rest that our souls, every one of us that our souls really need and crave. It can only be fulfilled by Jesus. That's the posture we can have, but the rest is up to the Lord. That's the great challenge of the Christian faith is that growth for us is not contingent upon learning or uh, accomplishing, but it's actually contingent upon surrender to God. Surrender, openness, a soft heart, rather than personal strain and effort. The Holy Spirit is the one who initiates and sustains spiritual growth in this walk that we call the Christian journey. It's similar to a garden who knows certain skills, like many of you maybe are getting excited to, to garden. The, garden the, the gardener who knows certain skills but can't actually grow the food. We can only approach the Lord with a posture of humility and surrender, trusting that God will do His work within us and actually inviting Him. And as we allow God to work within us, others will notice the change, become curious, and just maybe through seeing the change in you, their hearts will be softened. Just maybe. We can't change anyone's hearts. Not even our own. But we can submit 
to a posture of humility and surrender to Jesus, continually inviting him into our hearts to root out the evil within ourselves, to make us more like him and free us from the consequences of a hardened heart. That's a great irony in this message, is that me giving it is much like making a recommendation to my sister about music. (laughs) I can come up here and be the most charismatic, energy-filled, witty, intelligent preacher that you've ever heard. I'm telling you that what I believe is absolutely true about God. I wouldn't say anything that I didn't believe to be true. I hope you know that about me now. But only you can respond to whatever God is doing in your heart. I know that the Holy Spirit has the power to transform your life and as a consequence, you. Bringing you more hope and joy, peace and patience and faith to you and the people around you. But I also know that only God changes the heart. And only you and God know what needs to be changed. My hope is that months, maybe years from now, maybe I'm not even your pastor and you just send me an email and you say, guess what God did? Guess what God revealed to me? Guess what invitation Jesus gave me? And I responded to, and wow, what freedom, what joy. I'm telling you that nothing will bring greater joy to my heart than hearing stories like that. Thank you, Jesus, for never giving up on any of us, no matter how hard our hearts or slow we are to respond to your continual invitations of love and grace. Amen. So as a way of softening your heart, that's why I ask you these questions.